0: to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: Welcome to Rivers of Living Water today. We have a very very important subject to talk to you and that is about the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God so we have a situation today that has been with us for some time and not getting any better and I think that we need to address this today For unless we address it and we face it, things are only going to get worse. So let's think about this uh, subject today of the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now, we might ask ourselves, uh, well, who are the wicked that are going to be turned into hell? And what are we talking about when we're talking about hell? And. You know, there's a lot of different ideas about this, but if we're really going to find out what the real answer is, we're going to have to go to the source of the answer, and the Bible is the source. So our first question is, who are the wicked? The wicked are those who have turned away from God, just like we read just now, the the wicked nations, the wicked people are the ones who don't want to have anything to do with God, anything to do with His Word. They just don't want to think about God at all. And so what are they doing? They're out there trying to make other people feel the same way and do the same thing. And we have so much of this, and we can't blame it on the Democrats or the Republicans. We can't blame it on the church or some other organization, even though we see that it's in all areas, we can't blame it on any particular nation because there are very few nations that haven't forgotten God. Then the other thing is, when we talk about forgetting the nations that forget God, that means they had to know Him at one time or another. You can't forget someone that you never knew. And when we look at our nation, we look at America, we realize that our nation knew God a lot better than it does today. And even though we have people in our nation and other nations of the world that really do love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and they love their neighbor as their self, which is an indication that they do love God, Jesus told his disciples, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so if we do not keep God's commandments, and worse than that, we want to take God's commandments away from everything that's public, and it's fine to keep your religion in the church, but don't talk about it in the public arena. And we have an awful lot of this today that is going on, and It has been for some time. We can go back decades and see the slow deterioration of our nation, and I'm talking about America, and maybe if you're in some other nation today, you could think the same thing. You can look back and and see perhaps your nation has been in a similar situation back there somewhere. But, you know, when we decide that we don't need God anymore, then things start falling apart because God is the author of uh, peace and joy and love and all this fruit of the Spirit, which we refer to as the rivers of living water. When God is left out, then everything else starts coming in that is wicked, that's against God. You've either got to be for God or against him. You can't be neutral. You have to be on one side of the line or on the other. And so we we find today that there is a general turning away from God in every area of our society, from our churches to our politics, in our schools, in our businesses, everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, It seems as though very few people really want to talk about God at all. They want to talk about everything else. And I have seen this many times, even amongst friends, or at least we think of them as friends. They want to talk about everything except religion and politics. And religion is, you know... One thing to talk, say religion, but everyone has some kind of religion. Everyone is worshiping some kind of a God. And as much as we try to turn away from the true and living God, then we fall into the hands of every other kind of thing that wants to lord it over us. And that which is our God is the one that we are to worship to serve, to please, to uh, do our best, to lift up that one. And so we see that people are worshiping something. And the something that they're worshiping many times is not the God that created us, not the God that died on a cross that we might have life and have abundant life. This is a sad day indeed when a nation leaves God out and decides that it's going to go its own way, because when we do that, we fall right into the hands of the wicked. When we decide to leave God out, then we've got a real problem for sure. And the Bible also tells us, and I'm looking down at my Bible when you see me look down, and... It says in Proverbs 29, and it says, He that being often reproved hardens his heart shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. When the wicked are in authority, the people rejoice. Let's back that one up again. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, The people mourn, and I feel that today we're seeing our nation and many other nations that are in mourning, because the wicked are the one ruling. When we want to throw the Bible out of our schools, which was in our schools for several years, and when we want to not to have anything to do with the Ten Commandments, because The students might see them and want to follow them. And all these kind of things. And we don't want to talk about absolute morals. We just want to talk about relative morals. And and on and on it goes. You see, when we leave God out, then what do we have left? We have the wicked that are ruling. And the people mourn. The people are mourning today In many ways. And and then the other thing about it is it says that the wicked shall be turned into hell. Now the wicked are people. And people will face uh, either eternal life or eternal death. Eternal death is the hell that the Bible talks about. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus comes back, he'll divide the sheep from the goats. And he'll put the sheep on his right side and the goats on the left side. Now, the goats are the ones that are the wicked ones. And the righteous are the sheep. And Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep. So what's he going to say? He's going to say to the ones on the left side, depart from me into everlasting punishment. And he's going to say to the ones on the right side, come with me into eternal life. And so there is a dividing. There is a difference. It does make a difference what you believe. It does make a difference who you believe. And there are so many voices today. And that's the other thing. If we don't listen to the voice of God, we're going to listen to every kind of other voice. There are many false prophets, false teachers, and of that kind of a nature just waiting for us to listen to them and if we don't listen to god then we fall into all this kind of a thing and so our problem today is not necessarily economics it's not necessarily the fact that uh... we we're having a lot of poor people in our country and and uh... it seems like marriages are falling apart which they are and it seems like the wicked are ruling, and they are. But our big problem is that we have left God out. And when we left God out, we let everything else come in. And I think about at the time when we decided we didn't want to have the Bible and prayer in our school system, we let the communist and people like that go into our school system at the same time we find that when that happened our nation really started falling apart in a lot of different areas we're up on our first break and i want you to think about this today i know you may not want to think about it but it's something we have to think about we have to face and there is a remedy for this and i'm not just going to cry in the dark i'm going to give you the light as well so We're upon our first break. This is Howard Eugene Wright, the host of Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
0: of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright.
1: I trust that what I'm saying to you, you'll take to heart, because I'm not trying to be obnoxious or anything as some people might think, but you know we've got to face these things if we're going to do anything about it, and we definitely need to do something about it because there are people out there that are intentionally trying to take every thought of God out of our schools, out of our business, out of our homes, anywhere and everywhere. They're organized, they're they're well uh, organized, and they're determined that we're not going to be thinking about God anymore. And makes no difference that things are falling apart. They're so content, or what should I say, they're so determined that they're not going to have anything about God that they're not thinking about what is happening as a result of that. And the time has come when we cannot listen to those kind of people that want to just take God even out of our churches and out of our Christian schools and what have you. No thought of him at all. What kind of a world would we have if that becomes a total reality? All you have to do is look in at some of the nations have done that, and look what they has become of it. When people have no respect for life, that's one of the things you're going to see, and that definitely is happening today. I've seen it in so many ways that I could tell you today about, and you can think about several of those as well, where there's no real respect for human life. We seem to get more excited about a whale that's out there in the ocean somewhere that is having trouble. We want to save the turtles and things like that, but how about saving the babies, and This is just one symptom of what happens when we leave God out. Then we allow our depraved spirit. We're we're not born with a clean slate. We're born with a carnal spirit, with a spirit that wars against God. And so what happens when we don't want to talk about God? We see that spirit taking over. And we see it aligning up with our arch enemy, the devil. And when that begins to happen, things begin to fall apart. The people begin to mourn. And then the other thing about it is that nations don't live forever like people do. And let's just think about this for a while. Nations come, nations go. On an average, about 200 years, and they're gone. And they go through a process of first uh, having a vision and get down to the place where they're in bondage. And they go through a, a number of steps to get there. And then the normal thing is that people get so disgusted with it or whatever that there's a new beginning. And then they go back into the vision again and go right back through the same thing. And this has happened in every nation that you can think of. Great nations have come and gone that you could maybe think of today. And that's what's going to happen to every nation that leaves God out. And there has never been a nation that has consistently followed the Lord all the time, and usually goes through these steps. The trouble is the church goes through the same kind of steps. Start out uh, on fire for God, and then all kinds of things start coming in. And before you know it, the church isn't uh, doing what it ought to be either. And so we need to be diligent if we're really going to keep God in our lives and in our countries. The other thing is, the nation is people. And so goes the nation as the people go. I think that makes sense, doesn't it? That if we have a a nation that is loving God, that means the people in the nation are loving God. And I've heard it said one thing at a time, it only takes one bad apple to spoil the whole thing. And when we got people out there, like I mentioned, that are doing everything they can to take us away from God, and there's no restraint, and we see it everywhere we're at today, we'd have to be pretty blind if we don't see this. And so what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to keep drifting along and and letting this thing get worse and worse until finally there's, there's nothing left at all? We have to do something, and we have to do it while we have the time. And I want you to know that there is something that we can do about it, but before we talk about that, I'll get to that in the next two segments that we're going to see what we can do about this, but do we really want to? Do you really realize what is going on today, what is happening in our nation and a lot of other nations in the world, the people that are in nations, I mean the nations, that people are following God and the nation is following God, you can probably count them on one hand. And so I'm talking to about 90% or better of the nations today. And I'm talking to people because in our nation, it's of the people, for the people, and by the people. That's not the way it is in every nation. But in our particular situation, our nation, America, is different than any other place. We started out. Honoring God. When they were making the Constitution back there, they were forming the Constitution, and they were having a hard time deciding what they would do. One was saying one thing, and someone else was saying something else, and, and they were getting more frustrated by the moment. And Benjamin Franklin stood up, and he said, If God cares for a sparrow that falls," He surely cares for a kingdom that's being formed. So let's have prayer. And they started praying. And he have been doing that in our Congress ever since. And everything then started falling into place when they turned it over to God. And our nation became a nation that is so much different than any other thing that this world has seen. But recently, and maybe not as recent as we would like to think, the Constitution's been thrown aside. The Bible, we know, has been thrown aside. And people are doing pretty much what they want to do. And it, it's such a, a sad thing to see a nation that honored God, that loved God, and the people love God. And you know the thing is? that when that was happening the churches were important the bible was important i remember when i was in the air force and in training at the at lackland air force base and the one thing we did back there and this was back in the sixties we took the bible and it was everyone had a bible it didn't make any difference whether you're an atheist or whatever everyone got a bible and it was either a Jewish Bible, a Protestant Bible, or a Catholic Bible. But everyone got one. And they had. we all had to decide which one we wanted to take. And that Bible was the highest thing in our footlocker. Nothing was supposed to go on that. I remember when they used to call the Bible the good book. And now we have so much of the other thing. Even in our churches we find this. So it is a pathetic situation that we're in today, and I'm not just crying gloom and doom. I'm just trying to tell you today that if we don't get back to God, it's not going to be a pretty situation, and we don't have an awful lot of time getting back to God, because if we turn from God, then we have His judgment upon us, and When the judgment of God comes on us, we have tyrants that rule. We have people that don't have any real morals about them. They don't care for people. They just want to do what they want to do and the way they want to do it. And we find that right now, don't we? I don't have to to tell you that because you can see it right before you. But... It's a sad thing because I just read to you a while ago, he that being often reproved, if he hardens his neck or if he decides, I'm going to go my way whether or not, then he's suddenly destroyed. And that without remedy. That's not the kind of thing that God wants us to have. That's not the thing that our nation was built on and and was supposed to be. But there is a way... The Bible tells us there is a way that seems right to us, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It seems like that we're bent on death these days. We want to kill our families by killing our children, and so much of that is going on. We've had millions of babies that have been slaughtered, and you can call it anything you want to, but that's what it is. Babies that have been slaughtered in the womb before they ever see the light of day, we see uh, that will definitely kill our nation. And so much of the songs, the worldly songs that we have today, are so mournful. It just seems like they've lost their best friend or what have you, you know. And, And we see all this because there's no joy in. A world that leaves God out the joy of the Lord is our strength and if we don't have that joy of the Lord we don't have the strength and worse than that we have God's judgment that's down on us and when judgment comes to a nation the finances fall apart the families fall apart the government falls apart everything like that begins to fall apart, and the end thing, if we don't straighten up, another nation is going to come in and take over us. And if you think that can't happen, maybe back there in Israel's days, they didn't think it could happen either, but it did happen. When the Lord says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. It doesn't make any difference what I say. It's what the Lord says that really makes a difference. We're on a, our next break, and so this is... Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com
0: Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com Here's your host Howard Eugene Wright
1: Thank you for staying with us. And, you know, I've been painting a pretty dismal picture and and uh, adding maybe insult to injury in some cases. If we don't give you the answer, give you the way to get out of this mess that we're in, then we're no better off than the rest of them, and we're not doing you any good at all. But I want you to know that there is a way Of getting out of the mess that we're in and to start out with I we need to turn away from what we're doing and that's called repentance and I've been praying quite regularly that the Lord would give our nation repentance and I've been praying for the other nations too I've been praying for people all over and that's the first thing we need to think about if you're a Christian today The best thing you can do for our nation is to pray. Pray for them with everything you have. Pray for your neighbors. And you can also be an example to other people in your community and wherever God has put you. If you're a Christian today, then you are able, you are the one that God can use in order to bring this nation back to where it ought to be and to bring our world back to where it ought to be as well. So we need to pray. We need to ask God to give us directions as to what he wants us to do today in order to help our neighbor, help our schools, our government, everything that's been infiltrated by all kinds of wickedness, all kinds of things that have been turning away from God and, and want, not wanting to talk about God. And this business of separation of church and state that came upon us is nowhere in the Constitution. It was nowhere in the ideas of the founding fathers. They had prayer. And, matter of fact, I heard about one person that was preaching. And, uh, after he got through preaching, he took his robe off, and underneath of it was a military outfit. And his all of his um, congregation, his men in the congregation, joined Washington's army. And, you know, uh, what did they fight for? They fought for freedom, freedom to worship God in the way that God wanted them to. But we need to pray for our nation that it will get back to God because if it doesn't, it definitely will be turned into hell. And it will be a terrible, worse situation than it is now. And so we just need to pray. If you're one of God's children and you know how to pray, this is the time you need to do it. And I believe that the first thing we ought to be praying for is ourselves. And we, we, can't, we can't pray for anyone else if we have things in our own lives that are a disgrace to God. We need to get to the place where we're willing to pray for ourselves, and then we pray for one another. We, we pray for our churches There's so many things that have come into our churches. We need to pray for them, because the deliverance that I'm talking about, getting back to God and getting away from the judgment that is upon us, because we've killed our babies and we've allowed perverts to say things are normal and all this kind of thing. And I don't have to be too specific to you to know what I'm talking about. And we've allowed all these things to happen. And we think that everything's going to be all right. No, it's not. We've got to get on our knees before God, Christian. And we're going to have to pray for ourselves first and ask God to help us and forgive us for allowing this thing to get in the mess that it is in the first place. So if you're a Christian, get on your face before God and ask Him to forgive you for allowing things to happen that you could have stopped in your Homes and in your community. So you need to ask him to do this. And if you're living in sin today and you're trying to say, oh, I'm a Christian, it seems like so many people profess to be a Christian, but a Christian is a person who loves God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and loves their neighbor as their self. And if you're not doing that, regardless of what your profession is, according to God's Word, you're not really a Christian. You're a a wolf in sheep's clothing, perhaps. And it doesn't make any difference what you're doing in the church. You may even be a pastor. But if you're not serving God in the way that the Bible tells you, and you want to cut parts of the Bible out, and you want to call it mythology and you don't want to have anything to do with the blood of Christ and all these kind of things, then you also need to get on your face before God and ask God to forgive you for leading your church wrong. And These might seem like some pretty harsh things, but I tell you, we need to face up to reality, face up to the way things are, and start turning around. Things are not going to change as long as the church is powerless As long as we have allowed sin to come into our church and into our lives, we're not going to see God do anything because the Bible tells us that judgment begins at the household of God. And so the church is the first one that is going to have to get straightened up with God. The Bible tells us that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God that's in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and it tells us that we're not to be conformed to the world system and the church has allowed worldliness to come in to the, into it it has allowed things to come in that are not of God and the church needs to be very selective on whom it allows to be a member. I you know, there's so many things in the church that the church has nearly become what the Bible refers to as apostate. The Bible tells us that in the last days there would be a great falling away. In order for us to fall away we had to have something to fall from and The church has seen its better days back there than what we have now. I see that right here in our own little church, right here in our own little community. Less than 2,000 people in our little community, right out in the middle of nowhere. And I've been trying to get pastors together to have Bible reading, Bible study, and prayer together, and it is very difficult to do that. It seems like that the pastors are involved in so many other things, they don't have time to do what the disciples thought was the most important of all, because they gave themselves to the Word of God and to prayer. And that was when the church was really going for for the Lord the way that it should be. And in order for us to really be able to help people in their need, we're going to have to get back to not being a part of this world, the Bible also tells us to come out from among them and be not and be separate, touch not the unclean thing, then the Lord will receive us. So much of the church today could be run without God at all, and so much of the church today, in many instances is being run without God. we think we're doing well to go on a Sunday morning and uh, some way go through the ritual and then go out the rest of the week and do pretty much what we want to and some of it is far from what God wants us. So the church needs to get on its face before God and do some praying because God is looking to His people. He says in Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And so the the starting place to help our nation to get back where it ought to be and back where it was and even better than it was, we never have been perfect and people aren't perfect. But when we just leave God completely out, there's something wrong with the church. The church is supposed to be the light and the salt of the earth. If we're not the light and the salt, then we cannot do anything to help anyone to overcome anything that's in their life. And the society is, of all things, most miserable. When the wicked rule the people mourn. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And because the wicked are ruling today, we see all kinds of mourning. People even are so bad off that some of them have thought that life was not worth living and they have committed suicide, which should never be. And the sad thing about it is Some of these people who committed suicide are just around the corner from a church. And maybe the church never has talked to them. Maybe they never have even tried to find out how they are. And I'll tell you, none of us can stand up and say that we don't need some prayer. I believe that our first line of of defense and of getting in there and helping our society today, our country today, is to pray, but that is not all. We can pray as long as we want, and we can think we're doing well by praying, but we need to put some feet to our prayers. We need to get out there and care for those that are weak and for those that are sick and for those that are depressed and lonely, and and the church is to take care of not only the spiritual needs of people, but to look at the physical needs of people as well. We take the whole person. The church should be very active today in all kinds of activity, but the number one thing is to get people to the Lord. If we don't do that, we can feed them, we can clothe them, we can encourage them and everything else, but the number one thing, if we're going to really help people, is to get them to the place when we can't be with them. No one else can be with them, but they can pray themselves, and they can have God come to them and comfort them and help them in their time of need, and they never have to be depressed thinking that no one cares for them, because at least God will. And so we need to be thinking about this and uh, we're up on the next break, and we'll talk more about this in more detail, perhaps. But uh, this is Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water on talksone.com.
0: Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: Welcome back. We're glad to have you with us and all through this. And I, I want you to take this seriously today because what I'm giving to you is actually the only answer for reviving and getting our nation back of, away from the hands of the wicked and back into the hands of the righteous the righteous people are the ones loving god see there is a real contrast there's you're either for god or you're against god you can't be in the middle you've got to take your stand for him or you'll fall for anything that comes around and we've seen this so much today but why is it so important that the church be the number one person, the number one entity that I would be talking about today. Well, the reason why this is the truth is because the church is the only one that has the real answer to the problem that we have. You see, the problem is not just what I've said throughout this, it's not just uh, some kind of a financial problem or uh crime going up longer and and staying longer and getting worse and all this kind of thing. The problem is, it's the sin that's in our hearts that is inside of us. And you can reform a person, you can put a good suit on them like I got right now and and you can make them look very nice and fix their teeth up and and give them a good appearance and and you can make them halfway decent. They'll be uh, civilized people, what we refer to as morally good people. But if there's sin inside, there's still that rebellion inside. And so it, the reformation that I'm talking about, the transformation that will bring us back to the true and living God that I'm talking to you about, has to start at the human heart. And it's not so much about our minds. We have to use our minds. And they all work together. We're to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so they all work together. But so many people today, they have had knowledge of God And the devil has that. The devil believes that there's a God, and he trembles because he knows his day is coming, regardless of how hard he tries otherwise. But it's more than just head knowledge. It's more than just knowing the creeds. It's more than just going through the motion, going through the church calendar. There has to be a change in a person's heart, and that change can only take place as we come to God and repent of our sins and let Jesus save us from our sin and then go out and help others to do the same by being an example and being zealous of good works and going out there and and helping everyone and not expecting anything in return, just going out there because that's what you want to do because that's what your heart tells you to do. So there's got to be a change in the heart, and that change can only take place through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason why it's so important for the church to pray for themselves until they get back to God. If you've had a better time with the Lord than you have now, if you feel like you've drifted away from the Lord and and you can remember when you were closer to God than you are now, then you need to start seeking the Lord while he may be found and calling upon his name while he is near. Forsake your wicked ways, your sinful ways, and come to the Lord, uh, come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you. The Bible tells us in John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not have should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Now, that goes for a church, that goes for individuals, that goes for nations, that goes for everything. If we'll just, first of all, church, turn to God. When the church really starts being what God wants it to be, then everything else would turn rather quickly. We'll see what we refer to as a revival, a spiritual awakening. That's what we need today. We need a spiritual awakening. We need people to realize where they're at with God and for them to be willing to make the change that's necessary to get back with Him. You see, we have in our churches all these different kinds of people. We we have people in our churches that are professing the love of the Lord and they're a part of the problem that I've been talking about. So when the church starts getting on fire for God, then these people are going to see what they need to do, and they're going to get right with God, and it's going to be just like a chain reaction. It'll start just bubbling over more and more because the joy of the Lord is our strength, and when people see that we're happy and joyful when they see the love that we have for one another and the love that we have for them and the, the kind of love that doesn't ask anything in return but is willing to give of ourselves to help everyone around us every way we can with our finances, with our talents, with our time, our everything that we have committed to. Blessing God and blessing people and lifting up people and, and these kind of things that, that I, a Christian does. A real Christian does. It isn't something we have to be forced into. It isn't something we think we have to do. It's something we just do out of nature. Our nature has been changed. Our sins have been forgiven. Our sins have been taken away. And in the place of it, We have the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, we have these rivers of living water that have been, that's the name of our program. And we need those rivers of living water. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives today, regulating us and helping us to be gentle, to be faithful, to be all of these, to have the peace that Jesus gives, the joy unspeakable and full of glory, the peace that the world can't take away, and these kind of things is what we need in order to see the wickedness turn around and turn away. And then as that begins to happen and people see people other people being transformed and seeing People that have been some of the most wicked people become the most righteous people, and that can happen and does happen when people really love the Lord and serve the Lord. When we're willing to do that kind of a thing, then, and as it begins to grow, and as people begin to become more like Jesus in all of their ways, in all of their actions and attitudes, and people begin to see this they get they say well if that can happen to them it can happen to me too and before you know it maybe the taverns will not be operating anymore maybe a lot of the other civilized uh, sins that we think about today won't be happening anymore some of the things will be closed down the some of the things that are allowing people to enjoy their sins. And there is joy in sin for a season, but it has a pretty bitter taste at the end. And so let's think about this today. We don't want our nation to be turned into God. We don't want wicked people to be turned into God. We want to see our nation loving one another and having a respect for other people's property and and their lives and, and these kind of things that will happen. You know, the police would be a lot better off if we would have this kind of a society. They wouldn't have to risk their lives like they do day in and day out, and some of them end up being murdered, and this kind of a thing that we see. So many things would change so many attitudes would change, and it would be almost like heaven on earth. And it can be that way if we're willing to take the step, the first step of praying for ourselves and then realizing that everyone needs God. Everyone needs Jesus because Jesus is the only answer to our sin problem. And sin is what's causing our problem. Sin is what is causing people to be greedy, causing them to be selfish, causing them to have no concern for anyone else. And the things that we're seeing today is something that can be changed in a moment of time. If we're willing to make that kind of a decision that will allow God to be God in our lives, then we most certainly can have this change that I'm telling you about. So are we willing to quit our old life of sin and let God be God in our lives. Bring him back into our society. Bring him back into our schools, into our businesses. Bring him back into our governments. Bring him back into our families. Don't allow the enemy of our souls to lead us away from God any longer. And the people who are, are doing this are terribly deceived. They think they're doing us a favor when they're really not. And the Bible tells us this. And so we're, we're at the end of, a, of our presentation today. And I, I want you to think about this and start doing something about it. And if you will, I know that God will hear us. Church, get on your face before God. Start praying like you never have before. Turn away from your your wickedness and let God forgive you and cleanse our nation and restore us back to where we need to be. This is the end of Rivers of Living Water for this day. But may it not be the end of you just turning away and forgetting about it. Come and let God take your life and use Him the way He pleases. This is Howard Eugene Wright signing off with Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com.